Shut up and sit down. Welcome, everybody, to a wonderful brand new episode of Third Shift. It is episode 296. I, of course, am me, Mr. Eric, the something or rather, the something or rather, the guy who's getting beat down in Elden Ring. You know, that guy, it's me, <laughs> having the beat downs, having a good time still, though. And, of course, you heard a chuckle. You heard it in the wind. You heard a mild chuckle. And you said, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> he hasn't done the proper thing and introduced anybody, so there can't possibly be anybody else here because that's a podcasting rule. You have to shut your mouth and be quiet until the other person tells the other people that you're there. But I'll do it now. Hey, you know what? The myth, the legend, the honker, the gonker, the goose, that's loose. The inglorious bastard himself. He's out there. Honk, 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 honk. You hear him? You hear him in the winds? It is Mr. Matt. He's here today with me to do this wonderful episode. Getting close to 300 folks, but we're not quite there yet. What's going to happen? Who knows? <laughs> but, honk, honk, honk. That's exactly the right response for that. But before we do anything, Matt, how's the week been? What have you been up to? What have you been playing? Tell me about it. My God, Eric, this is going to be one of those ones where I'm editing the podcast later. I have so many subjects to talk about. When I broach a new one, I'll hear you mutter under your breath. Oh, my God. I've heard you do that before. You're going to do it this episode because I did so (laughs) many things over the past week. On the weekend, Saturday, went to Beer Fest at the ballpark at Jackson Field. Yay, Jackson. Oh, hooray. With Buddy Brian. That's a fantastic time. We went last year in fall. Now, apparently, they do spring and fall. Wandering around, drinking beers, having a great time. Just a fantastic time. Eating like the biggest, messiest nachos like ever. I'm starving. Me too. Those nachos look good. (laughs) Just like five minutes of just standing there snarfing. Like no talking, no looking. Just (laughs) Oh, I just just ate like 90,000 calories. As one should do at a beer fest. Well, let's go drink some more beer. On top of that. Hell yeah. That was great. It's fun every time. You know, you and I do the chili cook-off every year, except it's been canceled the last couple. I'm going to be doing all the beer fests because it's just fun. Wandering around, trying new stuff from places I've never even heard of. I had a beer. It was like brewed with jalapeno. Lady was like, hey, uh, do you want the other stuff in it? What other stuff? Oh, we got like spicy Bloody Mary mix and we have fresh jalapeno slices. Do you want some of those? Yep. I sure do. Spicy Bloody Mary mix. Ba-bam. She put in like three slices. Took a sip. Oh, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. I looked at Brian. I went, this is great. I took another sip. I went, oh, Oh, it's getting hotter. Took another sip. Oh, it's even hotter. Oh, I have to like slam this whole thing now or else I'm going to like burn my whole mouth up. But it was great. Just fun moments. Hanging out, walking around, having a good time. The next day on Sunday, board games, Sunday fun day with our buddy James and Shay and his girl Tina. Man, we played Lords of Waterdeep, which I've always heard about. You know, you hear about certain board games in the winds. Always heard it was a good one. Played it. Had a fantastic time. And it was a great th- it was great not only because yes, I did win by one point. It was one of those you have six castles in Game of Thrones like that last round. I was like 
how can I get more points? I gotta get, I gotta, okay, okay, I gotta, if I get this, then I get this, and that gives me that reward, and then I can use that to get this one. And then if I, he doesn't go there, I gotta incentivize him to go over here. Oh my God, he didn't go there. Oh my God, I gotta, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. And then the other beautiful thing was, I think Shay was behind most of the game, or we'd kind of flip-flop, and now I'm behind, and now he's behind. And But there were so many jumps. By the end of that game, we were all within 10 points of each other, and the totals were like 150. So it was just like, Everyone's dragging behind him, then wham, wham, wham around the scoring track. Everybody went. A fantastic time. I would have had fun even if I didn't win. But then the very next day, oh boy, it was triple movie Monday for your buddy Matt. I took Monday off because I've been so busy on the weekends. No time for movies. Going to go see all the movies that I wanted to catch up on. First up, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, the Nicolas Cage movie, a fantastic show. Just a wonderful show. Sitting in the back, two old people sitting in front of me. I don't think they liked it as much as I did, but I had a laughing, fun time. I know Eric went and saw it. I Eric, did. I know you loved it, too. Oh, I did love it. I just, man, what a good show. I went and saw it all by my old lonesome self, you know. Didn't have my usual movie partner there with me. And just getting to just that beautiful, every moment they said something, it set up something. You yes. know, and it just it just kept doing it and doing it. It was the movie within the movie within the movie. Mm-hmm. And it was just fun. Nick Cage knew what it was all, obviously knew what it was all about. Having a good time. Pedro, fantastic. Played oh, just a wonderful off, you know, offshoot to him. And just, they, they worked together so great. I, I just, the whole time, just smiling. It, I ain't gonna lie. It wasn't like some big laughs or nothing really throughout the movie for me. Right. But it was just a smiling, happy movie. I just enjoyed watching it. Every time they talked, I went, okay, they're setting up the next part. Yeah, here we go. Oh, these clowns here. They, sure enough, it all starts to play out. What a, what a fun time. I mean, the, I mean, uh, Miles put the acid trip, you know, just such a classic, just such a classic. I loved it. Again, mild spoiler, but you see him in the movie. You see young Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. I wanted more stuff with that. I won't go into details of what that is, but I wanted even more of that. I wanted more weird things, more more being inside Nicolas Cage's head. Them smooches, yeah. man. I'll tell you why. <laughs> and I will say, this has brought together a new piece of my repertoire, a new mantra for me, which is, you know, a, a be positive. You know, never never talk bad about yourself. What, is, what does Nicolas Cage say? Never shit on yourself. Never shit on yourself. But then next up, literally, it started 10 minutes after I got out of that movie. I went and saw everything, everywhere, all at once. And this will sound like hyperbole, and I've said it to Eric off air. This sounds like hyperbole when I say this. This may be the greatest thing I've ever seen in theater. I've seen artsy movies. I've seen big budget blockbusters. I've seen off-the-wall, weird, strange movies. This was an intensely awesome, intensely weird insanely funny but also like heartwarming and touching movie all together and not one of those pieces was sacrificed for the sake of any of the other ones i'm watching the setup the setup's done really well i'm watching when it starts to get weird and it's so cool and interesting it's shown and like shot really cool and really interesting and then it starts going off the wall with the crazy humor and all that is just i was laughing as hard as i have in a theater in ages in decades and it was just a wonderful amalgamation of everything. I, I was sitting there as it got towards the like the most more emotional end of the, of the show. I was sitting there looking at the screen and going, I can't believe they did it. They did everything this well. Like if it was just zany and then funny and it was just, ha ha, we did it. We saved the day. It'd be one thing and it would still be great. 
but then it has this emotional heart and undertone to it. And I went, holy cow, how did they do all these things in this one chunk all at once? Just a fantastic movie. I was sitting there, I was like, I can't wait to see this on Blu-ray so I can see it again and again and again and again. I'm going to be like James. Every every hangout, watching, hey guys, you seen this, this seen movie. this movie, everything everywhere all at once. What's that? Check this out, check this out, check this out. Dude, honestly, <laughs> I will say, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I hope nobody else sees it. So that when I pop it in and we get to the part with, no spoilers, hot dog, everyone will lose their f***ing minds. I have to save this for like the next cabin trip when we're all drinking and I go, look at this. Everyone will lose it. We'll all die. We'll all die, literally, from laughing on the floor. It was so good. So great. Wonderful. I can't wait to die laughing on the floor. That's the, that's the dream, man. That's the way to go out. I mean, if I had had a couple beers in me, I would have been laughing as hard as we did the last time at the cabin. Mm-hmm. Watching uh, C-Lab. It would have been that bad. Like, <laughs> laughing so hard it hurt. But that wasn't even the end of the day. Because an hour after that, after I had a weird mall food court experience... I went and saw The Northman, which was big and bombastic and visually stunning and beautiful and intense and crazy and weird. It was great. I just wish I had seen it before everything everywhere all at once, but I couldn't because of the showtimes, whatever. Still a great movie. If you love Conan or Gladiator or any of those historical epic type of movies, you're going to love this. If you love kind of weird stuff, if you love just visually interesting things like every shot is just like Mwah! i just loved it so a great movie a great day and then the next day man what a busy week it was for me i went to the wharton center they had an evening with itzhak perlman who is a legendary violinist i've always heard his name but i never really knew him i think he was more famous in like the 50s 60s kind of coming up it was great because it was him on stage with his violin and you know, a dude playing piano behind him. And it was kind of like a one-man autobiographical show. Pictures on the screen behind him of where he grew up, his mother and father telling stories. And then he'd stop and play just a fantastic violin piece. Or it would be like a basic piece, but he'd play it at like five times speed. The dude is like phenomenal. I couldn't believe it. And I'm going to go on a violin playing tangent because I played violin from fourth grade to 12th grade. And when you got into middle school and high school, violin people out there, you know this is to be true. Back me up on this. Every single violin teacher or orchestra teacher would always say, you can never play open strings. Your strings, you know, without your fingering at all, mm-hmm. you can never play those notes. Professionals never play open strings. They never do. You can never play it, especially in high school. Did I hear an open string? Stop. Never play open strings. It's like Promo plays open strings. If it's good enough for him, it's damn sure good enough for you, high school orchestra teachers. Get out of my sight with that. I had, like, I heard it, like, in my ear, and I went, huh? I leaned forward and went, what? And I watched his, his fingering on the neck. And then, boom, open string. Everything that I was told is a lie. <laughs> but then on the video game front, there's only one game other than Animal Crossing that I played this entire week, Elden Ring. What a game. What a fun time. Sure, there's tough bosses. But some of the bosses that are supposed to be tough, they're not tough because of what I'm playing and how I'm playing. And some bosses that probably are super easy for you are still hard for me. But it's just finding my niche and just, I've got all my armor set on. My whole armor set that I'm going to do, it's not going to get any better than that. It's not going to get any bigger than that. I could start upgrading this other halberd, but my halberd works for me. So I'm just going with stats. Seeing those bars go up, seeing my damage go up, seeing those bosses go down. Oh, it's wonderful. I love it. 
I have so much fun playing it. Again, even if I'm not super progressing and fighting bosses, even if I'm just running around, what's in that corner of the map? There's a church with a sacred tear and a bloody invader in it. Oh, what's this? Oh, there's that ever jail that I never unlocked because I didn't have a stone sword key. Let me go in there. Look at this cool boss. And I killed him. First try. I feel so good. It feels so awesome. Elden Ring's amazing, and I have a great time with it. And that was my week. Eric, tell me that you had a week that was equally as good or better than mine. Tell me. Ooh, I ain't matching your week. I can tell you that right now, but it's not bad overall. I went and saw that wonderful movie that we already discussed, you know, Nick Cage and whatnot. Fantastic. And like I said, it was interesting. Just going solo, you know, going to a show, spending a few hours just doing what I do, living my own life. And I'm like, wow, that was a lot of fun. Very cool. I need to do that again. Like, all right. So the other thing that we did, now this is tied into two things, all right? Friday, we did play... Uh, some Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Yes, we did. And 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 we were having a blast. In fact, we were having so much fun that when I quit, because it was 10.30, and I had to get up for the same thing I did on the weekend, which was go to my daughter's soccer game, Matt, of course, texted me like immediately after, you gaslighted me, you fool. You made me think it was like 12.30 at night. You said 12.30. I thought it was 12.30. And I'm like, no, idiot. I got to go to bed at like 11 to be up by 7 o'clock. So I go to the stinking game. <laughs> I swear to God, it, it was either on my end or your end or both. I swear to God, I heard, it's 12.30. And I looked down and I went, damn, we've been playing a long time. Sure doesn't feel like it. What a great night. Uh-huh. And then I got off and went, I went in, went to use the restroom and passed the clock. 10.30? I son of a what bitch. What are you doing to me? You screwed me over. And I'm just over here laughing. I was watching an anime show because that's how I always like to end my you know my weekend nights is I watch a show, go to sleep. And he, it just comes through and I was just sitting there like, oh, this fool, man. Jeez, oh, Pete's. So, you know, it, it just it was also just a thing, though, because we were having so much fun and we were so into it, you know, and and obviously you you were just rolling. You didn't want to stop. But like I said, being responsible, I couldn't, you know, go all late into the night. So so I had to end our night a little bit earlier, but it, it was it was getting really good. We were, it's to that point now where we're just popping those side quests. Yeah. And that's just fun. You know, that's that's perfect for when you're having some beers, having a good time with your friends. You're like, all right, let's go get those, let's go get the camps. Knock that out. Boom, we did it. Okay, what's the main quest? No, no, don't touch that. Anything else over in this direction? Yep, these two silly quests. Boom, boom. You just go knock them out. And you're just having fun, going through the motions, getting the new guns, getting the new abilities. Nothing not to like. I mean, yeah, it is just a great party, fun game. Still loving it. Uh, still not... What's crazy is I feel like we've actually put time into it, but I feel like we're like still gotten nowhere yet. Well, I think that's the thing is as fun as it is to pop through all the side quests, we keep finding ones that are kind of long. Mm-hmm. Like the bean dude. I found the bean dude and I went, no, we're doing this bean dude thing because there's a talking bean sitting in front of me on the overworld. We're doing it. Hey, take me over here. All right, cool. Brrr. It made an entire area. That not only to finish this side quest, we had to go through, all the way through the area, which I don't think we even finished, honestly. Uh-huh. But inside of that area that the side quest spawned were two other whole side quests. I don't think we even finished the main side quest. We did all the other ones, but like... Actual main line, yeah. Yeah, and I'm loving it because I love the content and all the fun stuff we're doing. But it's just like, here's like the, the tree trunk. And then you take a side branch, but that side branch... Poosh, splinters into five more branches which like i said it's great but it feels like we're not going anywhere but we're doing all this stuff mm-hmm. and and that just brings up of course the 
hey, go to this place. Get this many things for me. All right. We just, you know, drinking beers did it. All right, now go to this place. Get this many things for me. Uh, all right. We did it. We're drinking more beers. All right, now go to this place. Get Dude, is this like a joke? Like, it's getting crazy. All right. All right, now go to this place and get 5,000 of these. And then we both stopped and we both were like, this is get- I don't know, man. Do we want to stop this one for now? Sort of, hey, hey. I was just, you guys can actually send the quest right now. It's fine. I, I know it's too mm. much. <laughs> I was like, that was perfect. Good. That's yeah. perfect. It built up just like they wanted it to. Got us just like they needed it to get us. Because we were both like, I don't know, man. It's starting to get it's starting to get crazy. It's starting to get crazy long. Do you want to go across this whole map to go get whatever it was they want us to get? And then we, I think we both actually agreed to. We we're like, I guess we'll finish it out. And then that's when the NPC was like, hey, 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 it's it. It's okay. Never mind. Never mind. Don't even worry about it. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, okay, that's good because I didn't actually really, I didn't really want to do all this, but I felt like we had to because you know, that's what the quest is, right? And it just shows how stupid you are when you're playing. Yeah, quest does go do this. Quest goes go do that. Quest goes do this. Quest goes do that. I don't even like what I'm doing, but quest does go do this. Quest Still got to do, do it. That. It's yep, going to be something good it. at the end of this. It's mm-hmm. been a long quest. Exactly. So. It was fun. You know, I'm, I'm liking all these silly things and gimmicks and goofball jokes and stuff that's being thrown out there. Um, Guns-wise, I still feel like I haven't upgraded enough to where I have more of an opinion than uh, what we shared last time we were talking about it. Because, um, like I said, I just feel like we're going nowhere. I think I found a few. I found what essentially is like a Vladoff pistol, and that's just clicking for me. Which, I mean, sure, it's kind of just a Borderlands gun again, but it feels so good. I have, I have a couple of guns that I've run into that's just like, okay, this isn't like the fantastical thing that I really wanted to get into, but this just, it feels right. And I'm moving and I'm playing Borderlands again, drunk with my buddy. Mm-hmm. It just feels right. So yeah. I'm happy with where we're at right now. I just wanted, and eventually once we find legendaries and actual like big badass things, I think that's when it'll hit. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm just playing with whatever guns, like you said, feel good. I'm not worrying about playing with like unique ones anymore. I just mm-hmm. go, hey, you know what? This TDR is doing real well. I'm going to keep it on. It's, it's smashing through foes. That's all I need it to do. Don't care. So I'm feeling good, but I can't really just judge because I haven't really got any legendaries, like we said. I haven't got anything unique, really. A couple of unique ones, but nothing to speak of yet. You know, So I'm waiting until we get farther in to comment on that. But a great time, nonetheless. And now here's where the world splits, Matt, because the week's been wild. You know, and I told you that Friday night I had to get up. We went to the soccer game. Man, oh, man, I made a mistake, okay? Had a T-shirt, had my little, like, my little Borlands jacket, you know, the little, just little thin Borlands jacket, spring jacket. When I stepped outside, that felt perfect. It was fine. It was like, yep, this is the perfect jacket. This is the perfect thing for this environment. Why didn't you think, Eric? You're going to an environment that's a gigantic open field. Well, what happens in open fields? Winds that are like 400 miles per hour. I get out there, and it is cold. It is freezing. So I'm just standing there. And, of course, wife's cold. Kids are cold. and So I'm I'm, I'm over here in the brunt, you know, taking the wind so they don't have to suffer. And, And I'm just standing out there for two hours just, oh, yeah watching the games you know and i'm like this is great i love watching the games it's a lot of fun but man miserable enjoy it while it lasts eric because you know what's going to happen i know the next in barely even a month's time i know you're gonna go i went out there in i went out there in little booty shorts and no shoes and no shirt and no shirt 
Oh my god, I was sweating 18 buckets. Miserable. Hate it. I'm as red as my microphone cover right now, just <laughs> peeling all the skin off. I know. I understand. I get it. I, I do prefer the cold, but you know, but that's because as we've talked about many times you can control the cold. You can be smart and wear the right things in the hot. There's no controlling it. There's no controlling You're it. Doomed. It's over. You're just gonna suffer and you gotta like it. Uh, but yes, we did that, and then of course the weekday came around, did some more video games. And here we go. Played Elden Ring, played Stranger Paradise. And let me tell you, Elden Ring's still fantastic, still great. But we're getting to that. We're getting to that stage now where every other boss, I want to just choke and slam my controller onto the dang deck. And like I told you off air, one boss I get to, boom, 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 boom run around, boom, 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 dead, boom. Yes, that was fun. It was a little challenging. I had to do, but oh god, no, dodge, 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 do this and that. But no big deal. Then I get this next boss and just smashes my face in over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And I, I'm not an idiot. No, I go through different spells. I see what things that work and don't work. Can't figure it out. Have to skip them. And as I said, it starts building up my mind. I skip this boss. I skip that. I, I left that cave because I couldn't get it done with it. And now I'm over here like, ah, all these things I didn't do. Oh, no. And I start to shake and I start to rock. And I, I can't control myself. And now... Now I'm like, oh, do I even know this game? Can I even finish this game? Because now, I don't know, there's like a bunch of bosses I think I've just left behind. I, I can't go forward anymore. And I know what I'll do. I'm going to leave and go play Strangers of Paradise. And more and more, because Strangers is a very linear game. Beat this beat this quest, next quest opens. But guess what? In the previous area, a side quest now opens. So you can go do that side quest, then go do the main quest. Very simple, very easy. Well, the game itself isn't easy because you go in and it's challenging. But then you say, hey, here's the boss. They do this, they do this, they do this, they do this. You need to make sure that you avoid this. Don't touch this. Get out of the well when it goes over here. Hit him when he does his little eye twinkle. Do this and that. And you're going to win the fight. Just be patient. Follow the rules. You're going to win the fight. That's the way this works. And then I go, yay. I'm so happy, Matt. Yay. Because I can understand this and I can just win. Because all I got to do is pay attention to all the rules and I win. And then I go, this game's better than Elden Ring. I go, Eric, stop it. Don't say things like that. And I go, but it is. Because, look, I can just get through this game and enjoy and smile. And I can't, Eric, you've been 100 hours in that other game. You were happy as a lamb. Don't don't be mean. Don't be nasty. But I want to be because that boss is mean to me and I don't like it. <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll do what you always criticize me for. I will play the devil's advocate, but I do feel this way in a certain way. Elden Ring... You, if you do pay attention and learn all the things, you it it is the same, but it's different because the bosses are so dramatically different from each other, which is one thing that I'm. I wish we played. I mean, I wish we had more play time together anyway, so we could play some of those. Because I have to run from some bosses. I have to run from pretty much every dragon, mm -hmm. so I'm losing track of where all those are. But that's because I'm melee and big heavy shield build, so I have to be in there. So anything that flies or anything that runs, like that big uh, that big black gargoyle thing that you were stuck on for a while. Mm -hmm. My first try, I actually did get him down to 50%, and I've come nowhere close since. I don't know how I did it, but I'm like, man, I bet if Eric was playing this, and I know you were stuck on it, but like, you have the ability to throw rocks and... You have range. You can yeah. you can you can hit him when he's way over there. But when he jumps up and does his like swing that immediately has a giant back step on it, and I can block the swing, but I can't counter because now he's 
30 yards away. I have to hoof it, run it, or have been on my horse and and get there, which has its own drawbacks because I can't block and all the other stuff. I'm like, man, looking at some of the bosses that are hard for me and then hearing from you about the bosses that were hard for you but easy for me, I'm like, man, this is like so cool how like different ways of going at it makes it harder or easier. And if we teamed up on stuff, even though they get the health and damage bonus... It's still probably a win. Hmm. Yeah, because I can't reach him, but you can the whole time. And if he's getting staggered by a bunch of rocks, then I can get in there and whappity, whappity, whap. The more I play and, and learn and find, I'm just like, man, this is it's so cool. Even if it's not cool for my build because it's hard for me, I imagine yours or imagine the Shea with archery or something. Well, my, and my last point on the Elden Ring thing here is I'm, I'm just also confused because... I like I said last night. I said, "All right, I'm gonna stop playing with this setup, and I'm gonna get my armor upgraded. I'm gonna do this then." So I went and put on some of the heaviest armor I've got, uh, which was I think the best defensive armor I had was the clean rot armor. Uh, I think that's what's called something like that. And some other pieces. Put it all together, upped my uh, defense against physical, etc. Like by a really large margin. I've been dumping points into vigor to get my HP up. And I'm like, all right, it's got to be better, right? No, I'm still getting one shot. And I'm like, what? Where's the point where I'm like the YouTube video people who seem to be able to get hit like four or five times and before they've got a heal pot and then keep going? I'm like, why am I still a one shot? Even though I'm dumping into Vigor, I'm putting on actual heavy armor. I'm like, where is it? Where, what's happening? What am I doing wrong? What is, what is the stat I actually need here? I think, well, some of the other thing that I've noticed too, since I've been going into not just endurance anymore, which did like every other level upped all the defense stuff, but strength will do it too. And faith will do it too. So I think since I'm kind of more all aroundy, it's kind of more, I hit the stats that up defense a little bit, Mm -hmm. whereas you mostly went intelligence and mind, I'm sure for your initial build. So I don't know. So yeah, maybe that's it. And I did watch a cool video about how armor works and the the damage reduction. It, it was crazy, and I was like, "Oh, I need to get I need to get my calculator out and numbers this up." Maybe that's what I got to do. I got to do a little more homework, a little YouTube homework, and start dumping points wherever it's necessary to to get me up there, so I can just take a few hits because that is the main problem. You know, no mistakes, no mistakes, and I'm like this. It's tough when you got to sit there and perfect. Because I understand, yes, that every boss has its unique abilities. And tells and things. But when I die, learning every ability, so that's five, six, seven times just to learn what the hell this boss is even doing. And then on top of it, well, you make a mistake, which is going to happen. You're going to clip on a rock. You're going to just, oh, I'm an idiot. I just rolled too late or whatever. Now I'm dying 20 times, 30 times. Like I said, this is normal from software behavior. Hmm. But it's unacceptable in Eric Batten's world. So, therefore, we have to get into that nice, happy medium ground where it's only seven, eight times that I'm dying because I can, I can tolerate that. I don't get frustrated with that. Not 30, 40, 50 times because then yeah. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I, I got to go play some Horizon Forbidden West because you know, I won't die 50 times doing that. Mm-hmm. But that's my week. That's what I've been up to. I love those games. Obviously, I keep playing them. And as you know, I wouldn't be playing if I didn't love them because that's just how I roll. I'll move on if I don't. It's been great. It's been a good week. But you said games that I love playing. Here's a game genre that I love playing. Hey, how many times have you heard me in the releases talk about a roguelite? All the time. Every time. Mm -hmm. Almost every other time. That's a lie. But still, 
you're like, oh man, he's talking about another rogue. Like, he's talking about Loot River this time, which came out on the third, developed by Straka Studio, published by Super Hot Presents, dropping for Xbox and PC, and it is on Game Pass. I've heard that it's coming to PlayStation as well, but it's not launched for it right now. Like I went on their Twitter and it said Xbox and PC. So there we go. And this game, I hesitate to call it like pixel art. I feel like it's they're 3D models, but they have kind of that aliased edge around them so it's not like low poly but the characters are pretty small they're as you see it's kind of a top-down diablo type perspective running around through the world hacking slashing looting getting all kinds of stuff and then taking the rewards that you got from that level back to a hub world where you can talk to shop owners you can get side quests you can do this you can cash in your rewards for the possibility to unlock stuff in future runs. Because like I said, it is a roguelite. You're going to be dying. You're going to take your stuff back to town. Unlock. It's like a big web of weapons. And it gives you a chance for better drops in the next run. I believe there is also another area in that town where you can unlock more or less mutations for the next runs. Where there will be less fire traps. There will be less this. Or there will be an increased amount of fire traps for some kind of increased reward on your end. The combat is difficult. There's a block, a parry, and a roll, so you're kind of feeling like Dark Soulsy a little bit. I hear you out there. You're thinking right now, Matt, you're talking about a roguelite. It's got hard stuff. You unlock stuff. Big deal. What's the selling point? What makes this one unique? It's the way that you traverse the world in this game, or the dungeons, or the whatever you want to call it, because this takes place in a river. You walk on these little platforms that are shaped, kind of randomly shaped, procedurally shaped. They look mostly like Tetris pieces. Well, gosh, if you're on a Tetris piece and the next piece of land with some loot and some monsters on it is all the way across the way, what do you do? You move with the right stick if you're playing on console. You can move that piece that you're on all over the place, any kind of way you want, which is the beauty and the strategy of this game. Because if you kind of scout out the area, oh, there's six monsters on here. They're melee types, though, so I know as soon as... My land piece connects to theirs. They're going to rush me. But if you're smart, you connect it. Here they come. There's one on my land piece. There's two on my land piece. You move your land piece away. Those other ones can't get you. Now you're just dealing with two. Or you connect your piece and you roll through them past the fire trap that's on their piece. You get to the next connecting piece and then you shoot away. They're trapped on this giant burning piece and they all die and you get the loot. You have to see it in action to really understand it. When you see it, you'll get it. Other than that, interesting pixely slash low-res 3D kind of graphics, good music, big giant bosses for you to fight, all kinds of loot, all kinds of roguelite stuff to do. But you got to see some trailers, some gameplay, where there's some expert movement of those land masses. Because even just the way they move, they kind of cut through the water. It's beautiful. There's nothing else you're going to see that's like this. And then you watch that high-level gameplay of connect a piece, roll to it, roll to the next one, disconnect, managing the way that enemies can get at you and the way that you can get at the enemies. It's really interesting, really cool. And I said it before, it's on Game Pass right now. So if you have Game Pass, you can play and try it for free. Why wouldn't you do it? You have to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. Everybody should do it. If you don't have Game Pass, I think it's only $24.99, which is pretty cheap. I mean, roguelites generally are pretty cheap. This is a pretty good one from everything I've heard. So check it out. It's Loot River. You know, you speak of Game Pass, you speak of free. I'll tell you what. I'm going to stay right there with you, Matt. Because another game on Game Pass, for free if you subscribe to said service, which is not free, so it's not actually free. But you know what I'm talking about. 
That's Trek to Yomai. It is developed by Flying Wild Hog, published by Devolver Digital, out now, PlayStation, Xbox, of course, like we just said, on Game Pass, and PC. This is one I got excited about back when we saw it last year at whatever freaking event that was. And the best part is, is because I have Game Pass, I get to check it out for free, which you all should do, because it is a beautiful 2D side-scrolling adventure. Your Hiroki has a childhood trauma-like experience, you know, village burned down, everybody's jacked up. It's Bad News Bears. Your mentor goes, hey, you need to protect the people, it's up to you, you know, carry on our traditions. He's a samurai back in the Edo era. You need to do this. He's got a struggle now, warring with, you know, protecting and revenge. It's the typical samurai story. We've all seen it. It's all everybody talks about. But beyond that, you now have your wonderful, beautiful katana. You're going through this side-scrolling adventure, like I said, and it's all in black and white. So it's got that beautiful, and then with the lighting in it, with the beautiful black and white, and the scenery and the environments they put you in, all very gorgeous and the acting, very well done. The story, basic, but that doesn't matter because you all know what you're in for. And you go through fighting enemies, like I said, on this 2D plane. And you got light attacks, heavy attacks, block, parry. And you have to learn that the enemies are going to attack on high, attack on low. It's, you know, nothing. You haven't heard, you've heard of this system before, but it's fun. It keeps you engaged. It keeps you moving forward and having a good time. And the coolest part, which I didn't know, was it goes fantastical. I and I don't I can't I don't know how. I'm assuming he goes into struggles in his mind, you know, over the whole revenge protect kind of thing. But you're gonna encounter mythical creatures along with, of course, actual baddies and bandits, etc., that you're taking out to get your revenge. And some of the boss fights are this this we crazy cool mythical creatures, you know, from that time and period. That you get to have a good time with and it's not just your typical uh plains and, and town and forest environments you'll go to some trippy stuff and you will also see those really cool town environments waterfalls forests you know all that it's all in there and i, and I was just surprised to see that you also get the fantastical element but what sold me matt what really got me i was like okay this all sounds fun black and white beautiful environments samurai stuff i'm on board Simple but fun, efficient combat system. All the music, Matt. They tried to keep it authentic to the that time period. So they've got the taiko drums and the best part, shamisen. Okay, I've been on a a, a freaking anime binge watching all those shamisen shows. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh man, they do them solos and it's so beautiful and wonderful. And then I went over to like Tokyo. I think it's like Tokyo Lens or somebody like that. He plays the shamisen professionally and then he has a group that he helps manage or whatever so i watch those videos and i'm like oh man i'm sold i'm sold i get to go listen to these cool beats while i play this awesome 2d samurai game with these just beautiful visuals i don't what's what's bad i don't really know what's bad i, I don't understand how this could not just be a fun time and then uh from all reports and reviews it's like five to seven hours so it's like a two two-part romp and you've just beat a fun, enjoyable game. Had a great time. I don't know. It's a no-brainer for me, Matt. You got to pop it in. You got to download it. This is one of those games I'd heard about, and I was like, yeah, that looks cool. I probably won't end up playing it, though. I had no idea it was on Game Pass. As soon as I'm done editing and posting this podcast, I'm going to go download two fantastic games. My game and your game. Hey, it's Freebie Games Day. <laughs> hey, how can I hold all these free games? I'm the guy again. <laughs> I'm going to do it every week. But another thing... 
that we're we're probably not going to do every week. And I'm only going to breeze over it real quick because it does affect my friend Eric here. No, no. Is they had patch notes for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. And I skimmed and I went, anything about me being the greatest? No. Mushroom dude buffs? No, not this time. But Stabomancer, your big giant blade, mm-hmm. it does more damage now. I think it was doing oh, 100% God. of melee damage. Now it does 150%. We're going to be ruining fools mm-hmm. even more effectively. We're already ridiculous. I got tornadoes. I got mushroom dude. I got a little Skeletor man. You got big old spinning blade. We're just going to be chewing stuff up. Every boss fight is a joke because we're so strong. Mm-hmm. Now it's going to be even better. I love it. I love to hear it. Anytime you tell me a boss is going to be a joke, Ah, I'm smiling ear to ear, and I'm loving it. These fools who want to challenge, these fools who want to sit there and struggle bust it, y'all are crazy. When I go into a room and I see a boss and I just watch his HP drop and he screams or she screams, I don't care who, doesn't matter to me, brings a smile to my face. So you tell me that that blade's going to do more damage, thank you, Sai. You know, as old Roland would say, thank you, Sai. But not the Roland that you all are thinking of. It's the other Roland that we're thinking of. Yeah. Look, anyway, I'm going to move on to the next Wonderlands thing because it's another cool thing that they dropped announcement of today as we're recording this. The next mini event in Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Supreme Savings. During the event, vending machines, not too worried about that, but SDUs are half price. Mm. So at the end of the night, Eric, no matter what we're doing, we need to hightail it to Bright Hoof. And get bye, that bye, backpack bye, bye, SDU bye. all the way up. It's going to be great. Yep. That is something we will for sure do. I, in fact, I will put it in the phone to remind me at like 10.30 and just start going off every 10 minutes. Hey, don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. Well, you should put it for like 9.30, which is when you're going to have to be off because of something going on on hey, Saturday. You know what? I got to or- find out when those games are. Speaking of which, <laughs> I think they're a little bit later. I think they're at 10.00. So we might be pretty, in pretty good shape. Just saying. A little bit of for real life for you out there. But I think that's it for for the, the releases, the news, the snippets, the how's your week been going. It's time to talk about the meat and taters of the episode. And I don't, I don't know how much we'll have to say about this, but the biggest news that came up this week is Embracer Group. They, they embraced even more studios, even more IPs, because Eric's... Favorite developer and favorite company in the entire world, and my former favorite company in the entire world, Square Enix, sold off basically all of their Western studios and Western IPs. Mm-hmm. Some studios involved are Crystal Dynamics, Square Enix Montreal, and some of the IPs are Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kane, and more. So it's a big deal because lots of big popular franchises, and I will say, This is one of those things that makes sense. Like, I'm kind of glad that Square Enix did this because I'm sick of them making a big game and releasing it. And then two weeks later, after it sold 18 billion copies, they would always say, yeah, but it didn't meet uh, expectations. It's actually a real disappointment. It's a disappointment. It was a meme for so many months and years. Every time they would release something, it would be a disappointment. We don't like it. Any Western game they did was a disappointment. Yeah, but now you don't have to worry about it. It's, It's gone forever, and Embracer Group has them now. Yeah. Now, this is wild, though. This is this is this is what we were talking about at work, and this is kind of where we'll go. Embrace Group just picked up, as you said, those those three. They've already picked up a million beforehand. In fact, they own like not only just gaming stuff, but they've got like the Dark Horse comics under their belts. They've got uh, some anime stuff under their belts. They've got all sorts of crap going on. And I I don't know. And it is it's this is a meme. What are they doing? What's what are they doing? Because here's the deal. Microsoft, 
has also done that. Microsoft has also bought a whole bunch of developers, a whole bunch of everything. But they are holding events and they like, well, there's one coming up where they host and they say, hey, here's what these three studios are doing. This is what they are working on. I feel that Embracer Group needs to get something going like this. Because, sure, I'm sh- I'm 100% certain, obviously, these, uh, you know, like the Little Nightmares group, they're in this group. I'm sure they're working on something. Uh, as we discussed, uh, Yahoo's Who Make Metro, they're, they're up to something. There's got to be another Metro coming, right? What's Gearbox doing? Well, they just did Tiny Tina's, but as we discussed, that was before kind of the, you know, they were probably already deep in the works on that before probably, the acquisition. Yeah. So that's not really under Embracer. So what's their next project? What's uh, the new Lost Boys that got just picked up by Gearbox, but now under Embracer because obviously everything's under Embracer? What are, what are, what are, what's going on? They, all these titles, all these possibilities. And the Darksiders folks, you know, what are they working on now? Another Darksiders? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Where are the titles? Where are the announcements? Where's any information on what you're doing now with all of these developers that you have under your belt? And just to your point, I looked up Xbox Game Studios, and granted, they've been around a lot longer than Embracer Group has owned all of these IPs and Mm -hmm. and things, but I scrolled through their Wikipedia page of all their video game releases, and like from the minute you started talking is when I started doing it, I just now got to the bottom of it. And most of these at the bottom, TBA, TBA, TBA 2022, so announced video games that are in the pipeline, in the works, like we said, I guarantee... All these studios are working on amazing things, but if if they're going to get swallowed up in this big umbrella, I would like, like you said, Xbox and Microsoft have specific events where they show off what they're doing. I would love to see Embracer Group doing that because most of these studios, they show off a game, but you don't really hear from them. Like uh-huh. you don't, I don't know who the Metro people are. Like I don't know their CEO or anything. I would love to see an event where here's the Embracer online showcase, two hours, and if it was just, this will be releasing in two to four years, just a check-in. Here's who we are. Here's what we're working on. I think it would be awesome because it feels weird. This big company is swallowing them up, but you don't have like a united feel. Like this is what an Embracer Group game is, which maybe is the point because they have all these disparate developers. But it, I would like to see them have a showcase because they're one of the biggest conglomerates in the video game world now. They're getting up there. Yeah. So they should have their own thing that everybody else does. You know, E3's gone. E3's, you know, I think probably run its course. Maybe I'm wrong, but whatever. It's just for sure not coming this year, at least. We need these individuals to step up and and, and push what's going on. Because just like you said, some of these, a lot of small studios, a lot of really tiny things going on, they don't have the money to push their game. That's, I assume that's the whole reason they went under this large expansive group is because the Embracer group does have the money apparently to say, Hey, I will host this. We will put it on and then you will bring what you've been working to on here. And then that we're going to look great and everything's going to be happy. And then while I'm talking, I see that a game we just talked about is under the Embracer group flying wild hog. They're under Embracer group. So that's also extremely confusing to me because then why did Devolver publish them? And not Embracer Group. I would assume that it's, well, that's the other thing that I wonder is, you know, they're under this big umbrella, but it's not like, I haven't seen anything that says published by Embracer Group or... No, never, yeah. Maybe it's just a 
a kind of a funding back and forth type of thing. Like we have this big backing, we have all these resources, we'll allow you to continue to make really good games, but we don't specifically publish them. We fund you making them and then figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. And then of course you get, I'm sure, you know, some percentage are cut, obviously, da, 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 but. Unless that does start happening because they've, I mean, they've been snapping stuff up for a while and we really only noticed once Gearbox went under the umbrella, but maybe that is something that starts happening. Maybe self-published games get the Embracer Group logo as one of the splash screens. Yeah, I'm curious. It's a name that we know, obviously, from the show, but I feel like it's a name that's not out there. Like I said before, I know mostly what to expect from a Microsoft game or an EA game or a, a Activision Blizzard game before they're starting to get bought out. I don't know what an Embracer Group game is, what it feels like, what it looks like, what it... What kind of tier? Is it is it triple A? Is it regular A? You know, is it B? What are what are we gonna get out of Embracer Group and its you know its its developers? Obviously, Gearbox we're gonna get triple A. I mean, yeah. Cause and even on the publishing arm, like I know what Devolver Digital games are like. What's an Embracer Group game? I don't know. It's still a mystery. Years later, after all these acquisitions, still it's just I don't know what's going on or what they're gonna do or how they're gonna operate. I just. I would love some kind of hey, this is this is what we're about. This is what we're doing. You know, this this is why we're doing this, and here's where we're going with it. Are are and it, are they even going to try to mix and match? Like I think Randy Pitchford joked about it on the Twitter. The uh, you realize now that they own da 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 da, and we could have Tomb Raider going on an adventure with Duke Nukem or whatever it was. I don't remember. Mm. And I go, you're right. Technically speaking, it probably won't happen because they seem to be letting all these different developers work in their own silos. Work, you know. But mm-hmm. since they are mommy and daddy, they could go. Hey, I want you to work well with this person, this developer, and this developer to make a crossover game in this world. And maybe something like that could happen. I mean, is that their intent? It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't feel like it. But. Once again, we don't know what they're even really doing. I mean, what we said before, like when Gearbox went under the umbrella, you could do so many smaller games with crossovers or, you know, taking the knowledge that this team knows and that we work together to make something that neither of us have worked on before, but like a, like a smaller indie type game mm-hmm. or adventure type game. But I was thinking while you're talking about crossovers and all this, man, you know how cool it was at the end of Tales from the Borderlands where like... If you saved up enough money throughout the game, you could unlock a certain Vault Hunter character that would come in at the very end. Man, imagine if at the end of, say, Tales from the Borderlands 2, which I don't think would happen because this acquisition just happened. Man, maybe we uh, we use this weird device and we open up a dimensional rift and call for help from there. And a certain Tomb Raider comes to raid a vault. They could do all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. In that particular thing, like I don't think... You'd have a Duke Nukem game with Lara Croft doing stuff, but you could have so many cool cameos like that. Just bam, here's here's a reference to this. Here's a blatant, like literal reference that just jumped out of a portal. Hey, for the last big boss fight, here I am. Oh my God, I met all the qualifications. I, I ticked all the boxes and now, boom, I get the Embracer Group crossover stuff. Yeah. And on top of that, Tiny Tina, she goes, I got this new adventure for you. You're going to love it. You like the fantasy thing? Well, I'm going in a different direction. And all of a sudden, there's Kane, there's Soul Reaver, and, and everybody, and Raziel, and they're all there. They're all there, and you're on this cool little 
side adventure, you know, having a blast with vampires. You mean Kane like the wrestler, the big red machine? No. Ripping the door off the hell You act like Legacy of Kane is this small title that nobody knows about, nobody's played, (laughs) and you're dead wrong. People loved Legacy of Kane. People loved Soul Reaver. All right? I'm not the only one. It's a real game, and it really happened, and a lot of people liked it and wanted to come back. I know they did. I'm (laughs) I'm always just joshing you about that one. But I'll say it here on the podcast, just like I told you in real life. When I heard the news, it was on one of my favorite YouTubers, Little News Show. Jesse Cox said it. I agree with it. If this acquisition gets me another Deus Ex or another series of Deus Ex games, I'm 100% for it. Because there's so many... I mean, there's so many good games and proven successful games that people do love. Tomb Raider alone, with the new games, just shot up to a whole new level of excellence. Deus Ex is a classic, came back, and was really good, too. If they can reinvent that for the next generation, imagine what kind of crazy stuff they could do with Embracer Group's backing. And, you know, if Embracer Group never shows their heads, if they're just the shadowy backers behind the scenes, and we get amazing games... I don't care. I'm all for that, yeah. Exactly. I'm down for that. I would just love them to come out and say, you know, what, what, what they're doing and what's going on. That's all I need. And then maybe, like I said, host a show once a year to allow their developers and studios to showcase what they're doing so we, as a, as a, as a whole, as a community, can just see it. Because I don't follow a lot of these smaller ones. And maybe they're doing great stuff. I don't know. But I'm not going to sit there. And I thought about it, man, before the show. I was like, maybe I should go to like Wikipedia and try to look up every one of these developers and just see what they've done or what they're doing. And I went, no. There's so many. There's, like, there's, there's so, many. so many. And and some of them aren't even really – they just back up. They assist other studios. Hey, we help do programming for such and such or this or that. And So I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. But if they put on a show, yeah, I'd sit down for two hours as long as it was entertaining because – Remember Coach, Cock Media, whatever it's called. I still don't know what the consensus was on whatever they're called. They did that event last year, and everyone made fun of them because it was terrible. It was boring. It was not good. And they're under, of course, Embracer Group now or part of it or however that relationship goes. Don't do that. Do something fun in the Summer Game Fest E3, uh, you know, video game awards type. You made the comparison earlier in the episode. I think the... The perfect template is there. The last Xbox Bethesda showcase, Mm -hmm. it wasn't all about the CEOs of Xbox and Bethesda. They did have a little bit where they talked. So you'd have the Embracer CEO come out and say, hey, you know, here, we're going to take a look. We're going to go around the horn and see what people are working on. With the Bethesda showcase, it was all about each studio Mm -hmm. and what they brought to the table and what they were looking forward to and what they were working on. That's You could do it that easy if... Even if the CEO doesn't want to talk, just put out, you know, a PR person. Hey, I'm Influencer B. I'm here for the Embracer Showcase, and we're going to go around the horn. Here's what the Metro people are working on. Here's what Coffee Stain's working on. And it could just be for Gearbox. We just launched Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. We got this coming up. We're going to publish this, this, and this. Just do that all the way around. And you'd get to know the people from those studios. It wouldn't be so much about Embracer Group, if that's not what they want to be about. But it would be a showcase for every single one of their devs to step up and go, either here's what we've done recently, go check it out, or here's what we're working on, or even just the vague like, hey, we're looking to continue our work on uh, atmospheric first-person shooters and take it to the new level with the next generation of consoles. Something as vague as that, just to know that who's in the mix and what they kind exist. of stuff they, yeah, they like to do. Something. Yeah. 
They're doing something, making something. Events are taking place, and we'll hear more about it at some point in time. That's exactly what we need to do. That's exactly what needs to happen. So the whole thing, because I hear it all over the place, is what are they doing? What's going on? What? Uh, I have no idea. I haven't seen a single game, and it's it's all true. So it's like, put that to rest. Get yourself in a in a good position where people are thinking about you positively instead of either negatively or mysteriously, like, oh, I don't know what this crazy group's doing, buying all this crap and doing nothing, you know. And I'll tell you this, the big change that's coming is Square, of course, got rid of all its Western studios. I 100% believe that they are indeed going to be bought up by Sony pretty soon. And they are going to be a studio with Sony. Because they're already, all all Eastern Square games are almost always just for Sony anyway. They do some stuff with Nintendo here and there. But I have a feeling... That we're going to see Square bought up by Sony soon. And and uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, it doesn't really change my life because I always have Sony anyway. But I don't know, part of me is also like, well, that kind of sucks because now you won't get no deals anywhere else. you know, Especially with the old Nintendo Switch. But maybe I'll be completely wrong on that. you know. But it is the scuttlebutt out there in the gaming world right now. And it just feels and sounds about right. If you pare down yourself, it's easier to make an acquisition. Yeah, you don't need to shell pieces. out $2 billion to get Square Enix east and west. Just, and know. EDO, yeah, and everything else, Crystal. I was going to say, that's one of the other things that I didn't mention is like the all the Marvel live service stuff that came out recently. The Guardians of the Galaxy games, that was a Square Enix West thing. So that's another thing that could go under Embracer Group too. Which is, I think I was, I was in the scuttlebutt too. Is, is, everyone's like, they didn't mention those titles. They nobody said a word as to where the Marvel stuff was going, whether that was somehow staying with Square, which would be weird because, like you said, that's all made by the West, so that technically needs to follow them. But then, why would the Embracer Group not say anything about it? You know, did they think there was a negative image wrapped up in that? But Guardians was fantastic and seemed to get great results. So I saw a couple news stories that mentioned that those studios are involved in the sale. But I think in general, if you talk about like the Avengers games, which is what or Marvel games, people think of the Avengers. Yeah. Even though Guardians did such had such good PR and good faith. Yeah, good faith from everybody. Who, yeah. yeah, I don't know it, it feels weird to just be like because I read it and was like, oh, the Marvel games, and I went, oh yeah, the Marvel games, without even remembering that the last one they did was fantastic and mm-hmm. phenomenal. So I don't know. Interesting if true. As we always say, Square Enix was the scuttlebutt even before this, but... Now it's making more sense. We'll see what happens. I'm interested to see. Although, like, even with this deal, if that one goes down too, it'll be another big corporation eating up another big corporation, which you know is my least favorite thing. It just makes me feel bad, but we'll see what happens on this front and on that front. I won't feel, this last thing, I won't feel bad... As long as they all get to be creatively different and do what they want. But if it's, you know, the old EA, how old, and I I don't want to roast EA because I don't really know EA anymore, but old EA. Yeah. Oh, you're going to make this game. It didn't do what we want. All right. Now you're just going to do this one thing. Uh, We're just going to actually just dissolve you and put you in. If it starts, if I start seeing that with like Microsoft, which I don't foresee, Embracer Group, which I, I don't really know anything about, but I don't, they haven't done it yet. I don't see it happening. But the, if I see that, then I'm going to be on the, I'll be on this. I'm reaching out. All these groups getting absorbed and, and they're just taking away all the creativity and they're killing them, killing them, killing it. But they haven't done it yet. So I'm not mad. None of the parties we're talking about seem like the type that would. 
But you never know, just because yeah. business is business. Money is money. Acquiring something for a billion dollars, if what they put out doesn't get you hundreds of millions back. And they can just put your skill sets to something that is getting billions back. It's fairly tempting to do that. So it, it could in the future happen. So for now, I'm not worried. But if I see that, oh, that'll be a tragic day in the world. I'll tell you what. And I'll wag my finger. I'll shake my fist from my front porch and say, I warned you, world. I told you big corporations didn't care about the little guy, meaning me as the person who liked the small release. What about you out there at Podcast Listener Land? What do you feel about this acquisition of all the Square Enix West stuff by Embracer Group? What do you think about the possible Square Enix East acquisition by Sony? Do you like that? Would you rather be Konami so you can get some actual real good Metal Gear Solid games made by passionate people who really love the IP? That's never going to happen. Hey, don't shake your head at me. I let you talk about Legacy of Kane. Shut up, Eric. No, no, no. I was shaking my head because I would love Konami. I would love to Silent Hills to get back out in the world, you know? Castlevania. Castlevania. God, you name it. There's some Mega Man's, you know what I'm saying? That's Capcom. Mega Man's Capcom. That's Capcom. Shut up, Eric. You're stupid. So if you think Eric is stupid, <laughs> shut up. Let us know via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. And hey, I'm going to butt in here with something that Eric doesn't even know I'm going to talk about, but he knows it's coming up. Oh. Speaking about you out there in podcast listener land, we're coming up on another big milestone, episode 300. What did we do for episode 100? What did we do for episode 200? We solicited feedback from you, the listener. If you want to record us a voice message, if you want to send us a text type of message that I will read on the air, congratulate us. Let us know how Third Shift has changed your life. Or if you just want to call us a bunch of suckers and you can't believe we made it to 300 episodes, do all that stuff via all the channels I mentioned earlier. And I'll plug this every episode until 300. That's how we're going to do it. That is indeed how we will do it. And you can do it over on Facebook, too. You know, go on the messages over there. Leave something behind. I'll go look, and I'll be like, oh, my gosh, there's a message on the old Facebook. Holy crow. Well, Grandpa must have put something up here. What's Grandpa got going? And I'll check it. It'll be great. It'll be a good time. I'll be excited. <sighs> and, of course, you can also head on to Patreon. You know, like what we're doing. Hey, episode 300 is up. I want to give them $300 million. Boom. That's the place to do it. You go set three hundred million or three, three even three million. Yeah, that's fine too. You know, three million dollars. We're rich. We're opening up that food line. We're having a good old time. We're we're changing lives of people all around. Changing the lives of all people. This great nation of ours. You know what I mean? Woo! I was literally <laughs> driving to work today, just driving down ninety six because I got to go to the weird way because they closed down the lane on my highway and I'm not dealing with that nonsense. And I was just driving, listening to a podcast. And out of nowhere, I said, changing lives across this great nation of ours. I went, yeah. You brought it back. <laughs> this whole day is full circle now, Eric. It's, it's, it's all there. It all makes sense. So head on over to Patreon. Throw a few bucks our way. It keeps the lights on. keeps us rocking and rolling so we can do 300 more episodes. And by that time, we're going to be old. And you get to see us as old people. Not middle-aged people, but old people. It's going to be fantastic. And I can't wait to do the ride with you with your support over there on that wonderful little application as long as it still exists and unless nuclear war happens and all that but i probably won't do the show after that happens i'll probably be surviving in my little hut but that's beside the point it'll just be a solo show eric will be out fighting the nuclear holocaust and i'll be in a, in a basement with long flowing gray hair all right guys i played some more elden ring the other day i think maybe i 100 percent completed it this run new game plus six and you can listen to that episode which will be coming out in 300 more Long episodes. Time. Yep. 
<laughs> on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a view, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services. Because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. We appreciate it so very much, just like we appreciate those five-star reviews on that Spotify and those iTunes. We tell you all the time to get over there and throw it our way. Get us up in the algorithms. Get us up there. Get us up there, please. You know what? That could be our your, our present for episode 300 is all four bajillion of you actually go over there and give us the five-star ratings, and then me and Matt can feast for 100 years. Just saying. You know what? Hey, there you go. If you don't want to send us a voice message or a text message, you can give us 300 five-star reviews. That'll be a perfect episode 300 thing. Just ping, 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 ping. Like all the other podcasts say, you don't even need to write a review. Just give us five stars and just put 300 on it. Just say 300. Oh, beautiful. Perfect. That'd, that'd be fantastic. Get out there. Spend five extra minutes of your life doing that for us. We appreciate it. Come on. Come on. And until you do that, there's nothing else to say. But. Don't forget to say. To the ends of the earth I travel, to the ends of the earth I go. Five star ratings for me, I say, to the ends of the earth I'll go.